When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, my name is Pete Buttigieg, and I'm the Secretary of Transportation. And I'm Justin Buttigieg, and my husband is the Secretary of Transportation. And I am not finished, Peter, so don't you say another word until I tell you to. I just want to say that I don't care what that evil podcaster Miller Frost has to say. I am not some low rank queen from Indiana. I am so tired of him saying that, like I'm low rank. Okay, Peter, you can talk again. On behalf of creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, Queen Kamala, and the rest of the Biden administration, I wanted to wish everyone in the LGBTQIA plus community a happy gay pride. Peter! Yes, Chastin? You forgot a Q. No, I didn't. I said LGBTQIA+. Really? There are two Qs now. There are? Oh, yes, Peter. Have you been living under a rock or something? And don't answer that. I see you got another one of your cheap suits on. The ones I'm always having to take to the drag cleaner. So if you ain't living under one, you sure as hell look like you do. Well, what's the second cue for? Oh, it's so embarrassing to be your husband sometimes. You know that? And I'm the low rent one. Yeah, right. One cue is for questioning, and the other is for queer. Everyone knows that. Couldn't one of them be the plus? Really, Peter? Really? Would you want to be the plus? Kind of tacked on to the end like an afterthought. Well, I guess not. Kind of like how I feel like a third wheel, with you out whoring around with Colton Underwood. Chastin, I am not sleeping with Colton Underwood. Well, you sure as hell aren't sleeping with me, Peter. You know, you haven't touched me since I gave birth to our black-identifying babies, Barack and Oprah. I guess I'm too hideous for you now. Chastin, you did not get birth to Barack and Oprah. Ugh, are you saying that men can't have babies? No, of course men can have babies. Damn straight they can. Well, even if I didn't technically give birth to them, I still identify as their birth father. Okay, Chastin, you're the birth father. And you still haven't touched me in forever. Am I not sexy enough for you, Peter? Chastin, you know we're not supposed to argue about sex when we're on the Miller Frost podcast. Well, 
He calls me Laurent. Like I'm going to listen to that old queen. And who the hell is arguing about sex, Peter? You kind of, you kind of actually have to have sex to argue about it. We have sex. Oh, lies, Peter. Lies. You dry humping my leg in the middle of the night. Calling me Colton, baby. That doesn't count as sex. Okay, you two. Get the blankety blank blank blank. Get the hell off my podcast. God. (laughs) Man. Folks. I gotta say this. I am. Well, first off, I'm really embarrassed. Downright humiliated. I am so, so sorry that you had to hear those two queens going at it yet again. This is what I get, trusting that those two queens could come onto this podcast, just say something nice, happy pride to all the other queens out there, all the lesbians, the transgenders, all the funky non-binary folk, the ones with the super special Hate in the ass pronouns. It's my mistake thinking that I could have them come on here, behave themselves long enough to just happy gay pride and done. No, not with those two queens. Every single freaking time I have them on this podcast, all they do is argue. They argue, folks, so bad. It's worse than me and white boy Malcolm X over there when he wants to bring that Ronald McDonald blow-up doll into this house, and I'm like, no. You keep your creepy fetish. You keep your creepy blow-up doll. Keep it over at your house. This house, it's for drinking beer, watching movies, podcasting, done. Oh, this is going to be a fun podcast. There goes my voice. We're just getting started. But anyway, happy gay pride to all you members of the tribe. Our lovable, so very lovable, Star Wars bar of a tribe. I hope you have yourselves a grand gay old time this month celebrating gay pride. Just don't celebrate on Juneteenth. That be racist. And for all you whorish queens out there, and you know who you are, don't you go out there and catch yourself the monkeypox this pride hooking up with every easy queen you find on Grindr or Scruff or whatever the hell, whatever other app is out there for you to go get you some as if syphilis, gonorrhea, herpes, chlamydia, HIV. They weren't bad enough to have to dodge. Now you got to deal with the monkeypox. Don't catch the monkeypox. So let's just go ahead and jump into things, folks. And well, you know, I really hate to do this, but I do have a correction to make. It doesn't happen all that often. But when I misspeak about something, I make sure to point it out at the top 
or at least towards the top of the podcast. Would have done it right from the get-go this time. But those silly Buttigieg girls had to come on first thing. But anyway, as you know, I have talked countless times about the seven or eight different gender identities out there, the countless super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns that are out there, and why do we have all these different gender identities, all these different super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns? Because everyone has to feel super special and unique, so they all wind up doing some version of the exact same thing. But, and I hate to admit this, but I was wrong. Apparently, I was way off about seven or eight different gender identities. How wrong was I? How's this from Breitbart? Woke cops allowing criminals to self-identify as up to 67 genders on official records. And this is in the once Great Britain. The queen, she has totally lost control of that country. But in the once Great Britain, at least according to a report by The Telegraph, at least nine constabularies, that's Popo here in the U.S., but at least nine constabularies across England and Wales allow criminals, that's poor oppressed victims, a systemic racism here in the U.S. But these criminals, they're allowed to be recorded as either non-binary or unknown and unspecified with a forced spokesperson, a spokesperson for Popo. We'll call them Zier, as in super special, pain-in-the-ass pronouns, Zierza. But Zier told the newspaper that they recognize as much as 67 different genders. And if you're out there going, man, Miller, what the what? What the hell? That's just crazy talk. That number is really, really high. Like Hunter Biden on a Friday night. Folks, settle down out there. You really need to, because it gets worse. The country, again, the once Great Britain, their civil service, otherwise known as Whitehall, that was probably named by some racist crackers forcing their white supremacy, white power, white fragility, white this, white that, blah, 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 onto the name Whitehall. But at Whitehall, over 100 different genders are recognized. And, if that's not bad enough for you, it is perfectly acceptable for people to change their identification on a day-to-day basis. So today, if you're feeling, for example, let's say you're feeling bi-gender queer, and tomorrow, you wake up tomorrow, you're feeling non-binary, asexual, boom, that's perfectly okay at Whitehall. What's the bet, white boy Malcolm X? What is the bet that Whitehall is infested 
completely overrun with hysterical, predominantly white, millennial Gen Z kids with severe emotional issues and unhealthy addiction to social media. Thoughts, sir? Totally. That's what I thought. Oh, well. Welcome to 2022, folks. You can be whatever you want, whenever you want, and everyone around you, they're just, they're just supposed to bend to your fleeting version of reality. They either have to do that or else off they go. First class ticket in hand to a re-education camp to get their mind right. From Politico, Biden sees exodus of black staffers and some frustration among those who remain. And what this story's about is that over there at the White House, 21 black staffers, they have either left or planning to leave, and the departures, they've been so pronounced that some black aides, they've adopted a term for this, Blacksit, B-L-A-X-I-T, Blacksit. Some of those who remain, they say it's no wonder why, because they describe a work environment with little support from their superiors and fewer chances for promotion. And here's a quote on that from one of the, the current black White House officials. We're here and we're doing a lot of work but we're not decision makers and there's no real path towards becoming decision makers. There is no real feedback and there's no clear path to any kind of promotions. And if that didn't set him off enough, here's another quote from another black White House official. The issues that are the highest priority for our community are no longer at the forefront of the administration's priority list. When 10 black people got killed at a grocery store in Buffalo, New York, it's business as usual, and no one stops to say to you, are you okay? Now, I don't mean to be insulting, although I know this is going to come off like I am. But is it just me or... Hold on a second. Hold on a second, folks. Changing course. White boy Malcolm X. Let me ask you this. You, sir, are fake black. You're down for the struggle. You're pretty woke. Not as woke as me. Because, let's face it, folks, I am the most woke person that I know. But you're pretty woke. As a fake black person, do you think it would be insulting for me to ask? Rhetorically, of course. But would it be insulting for me to ask if these black people working in the White House, if they sound, maybe possibly, like a bunch of hysterical white millennial Gen Z kids? Most definitely. And from a fake black person, too. That's what I thought. Now, folks, I assumed apparently wrongly, that black people, they had way more common sense than this. Way more. 
than to sound like a bunch of spoiled, entitled, hysterical white kids. But I guess not. They don't get feedback and promotions. I guess they just want a participation trophy for showing up to work. Want a promotion after six months. Just like hysterical white kids do. You know what? Welcome to the real world. Welcome to adulting 101. Where 99% of the people out there, they don't get real feedback. They don't get promotions either. Sucks to be you, just like the rest of us. And this thing about 10 black people getting killed in a grocery store and some black kid working in the White House, they want to make it all about them. Sounds like a hysterical white chick. They're up on Instagram. Grow up, for God's sake. 10 people are murdered. Their families are grieving. Their community is grieving. And your and you're spoiled ass in D.C. wants to make the trauma all about you. How are you doing, princess? For Christmas' sake, stop acting like Whitey. So I guess, hate to admit this, but I guess I'm wrong again. As if, Being wrong about seven or eight different gender identities, that wasn't bad enough. Now I'm wrong that black kids, they had more common sense than white kids. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. That is clearly not the case. And 20 years ago, not only am I a queen, but I'm an old queen, so I remember this quite well. But 20 years ago, It was all about white kids trying to act black. And now we go from that to black kids trying to act white. Act like evil whitey with the whining and complaining. It's all about them mentality. I tell you what though, folks. Quickest way to put an end to this. Tell them that. Man, you are sure acting like whitey today. Did you know that? Done. Well, at least I'm right about something. From the New York Post, South Bronx Representative Torres knocks Yankees over Latinx's tweet. Never heard anyone use it. So the Yankees, to virtue signal about that school shooting in Texas, last Thursday, they decided they would offer facts about the impacts of gun violence instead of doing their their usual providing updates on that night's game. For you baseball fans out there, they were playing the Tampa Bay Rays. And so they're out there on Twitter, and they they managed to tweet this. Each year, more than 4,100 Latinx people die from gun violence in the U.S., and 13,300 are shot and wounded. Sounds like an extra fun weekend in Chicago, if you ask me. So Democratic Representative Richie Torres, whose 15th Congressional District includes Yankee Stadium, I'm sure he was like, ah, Jesus Christmas. There go the snooty white liberals again with that stupid word Latinx. 
So he goes on to Twitter on Friday, last Friday, and this is what he wrote. I represent the South Bronx, home to the Yankees. Never heard anyone locally use the word Latinx. Does the majority of Hispanics actually use the term Latinx? If the answer is no, how did Latinx come to be the term to use in government and corporate America? Very simple answer, Congressman. Very, very, very simple answer. And I've been saying this for quite some time. Snooty white liberals and their compulsion to virtue signal. Oh, I love the Latinx folks. I'm down for the struggle. Yes, you are, princess. Poll after poll after poll show that less than 5% of Hispanics use the word. A significant percentage find it offensive. And what do we get? Hysterical white liberals who can't give the word up to save their life. And why? Because white people predominantly liberal white people who virtue signal do it for two reasons. Number one, to assuage their white guilt. And number two, to virtue signal primarily to other white liberals. So even if Hispanics, if they don't like the word and they don't use it, white liberals, they're going to keep on using it because like black people working at the White House or hysterical white chicks up on TikTok or Instagram. It's all about them. From the Wall Street Journal, BTS discusses anti-Asian discrimination with Biden, creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, in White House visit. K-pop boy band speaks out against the rise of hate crimes directed at the Asian community. White boy Malcolm X, I wonder, sir, I wonder if Ollie London was in D.C. for this. And if you're out there going, Miller, Miller, who the hell is Ollie London? Folks, seriously, calm down. I'm getting there. Ollie London He's that creepy white kid who butchered his face with like a a dozen or so plastic surgeries just so he could look like one of those kids in BTS. Park Jimin, I think that's the kid's name. But Ali, after making his plastic surgeon rich, he declared himself Korean. And I think he changed his name to, to Jimin as well. I think that's how it went down. This weirdo white kid with they, them pronouns. Of course, he had to have super special pain in the ass pronouns. This nut job identifying as Korean because he gets his face mangled six ways to Sunday. And he's so screwed in the head that he basically tried to become a carbon copy of one of these BTS singers. Man, I think I might be the weirdo for remembering all that. Talk about useless factoids taking up space in my brain. But anyway, the Wall Street Journal, they reported that there were 279 anti-Asian hate crimes reported in the U.S. 
in 2020. 279. That's it. In the whole country, all 50 states, that's it. 279. Now, don't get me wrong. That's 279 too many. Going after someone for being Asian or for being a big old queen like me, I don't want to get my ass beat up either. I hope there is a special place in hell for you folks. But this is, in my opinion, a lot of drama for that number. Bringing a K-pop band from South Korea all the way over to the White House to virtue signal about something like this. How many people get murdered in the city of Chicago every month? Well, you know what? I kind of have the answer to that. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, last year in 2021, 793 people were murdered just in the city of Chicago. 641 of them. So 641 out of 793, 641 of them were black. Capital B black, according to the AP Style Guide, authentic black. And that's just being murdered. In 2021, this is according to Axios, over 4,000 people were shot in the city of Chicago alone. And I'm sure the woke folk, they're like, what the hell? 279? BTS gets to go to the White House? For 279? What kind of amateur hour is this? Who the hell do they think they are? They're stealing our narrative. Ah, who are we kidding? When it comes to Chicago or Philadelphia, Atlanta, Los Angeles, wherever, as we know, folks, not all lives matter. Not all black lives matter either. And when it comes to Flashy virtue signaling by this White House. Other than Queen Kamala, Kentonji Brown Jackson. What's the new spokesperson's name, White by Malcolm X? Kareen, that's right. Kareen Jean-Pierre. Other than those three, we definitely know which lives matter more to creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer. From the sun. Woman who is sexually attracted to planes wants to marry toy Boeing. A woman in love with a plane insists her desire is not a flight of fancy. I bet. So the woman attracted to her Boeing airplane, her name is Sarah Rodo. She's 23 years old and she lives in Dortmund, Germany. I too was like, what the what? Where the hell is that? It's in the northwest corner of the country, near Dusseldorf and Cologne. Sarah here, she identifies as an, get this folks, objectum sexual, meaning that she's sexually attracted to inanimate objects, kind of like being sexually attracted, extremely sexually attracted, to a Ronald McDonald blow-up doll, but that's a creepy topic for another day. And even though Sarah here 
even though she has 50 replica models of planes at her house, probably her parents' house, she probably lives in the basement, she has the hotties for one plane in particular, a giant Boeing 737 model. And I saw a picture of this thing, folks. It's probably, it's huge. It's probably as tall as she is. And Sarah here, she calls that particular Boeing 737 model, she calls that thing, get this, Dicky, D-I-C-K-I. I bet she does. I bet she does, folks. And Sarah hopes to get married to that thing one day, even though it is allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, illegal in Germany. Which kind of seems odd to me, folks. The Germans, they are kinky bastards. German and kink go together like Hunter and Crack, Patrice Kahn coolers, and having multiple houses in L.A., White Boy Malcolm X, and Gingers. That's how well Germans and kink go together. And talking about Dickie the Plane, Sarah said this, I love everything about him, but particularly his face, wings, and engine. They're so sexy to me. And if you're out there like, man, Miller, hasn't she heard of trying to date a guy? She said, folks, that past romances with men, not so much. No word in the story on on whether or not she tried anything with a woman, that or a non-binary folk with their super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns. She has, though, not that you should be surprised by this, but she's also been in love with a train. I guess that went off the tracks. Okay, 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 enough. Thank you, white boy Malcolm X. Yeah, that joke kind of sucked. And this next quote from her, from Sarah, this is how I know we're screwed as a society. Some people don't understand my love. Yeah, anyone with half a brain. But my friends took my coming out very well and encouraged me. So either she has friends who love to gaslight her into doing stupid crap like this. Oh, yes, Sarah. I think you and Dickie are great. He's so sexy. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you like Dickie. And you know what else you should do, Sarah? Oh, no, what? You should go to the sun and tell the whole world about it. Oh, you think so? Oh, yeah. Go for it, Sarah. Either that or... And this is what I think is more likely the case. But that all her friends, they're all so obsessed with non-judgmentalism and everyone being super special and unique that they're actually okay with this. Not going to pull her aside and say, Honey, for the love of God, stop now. Uh Uh-uh, not kids these days. They're going to embrace whatever crazy she has because, let's face it, folks, they probably have their own version of crazy and they need her to sign off on theirs. Either way, you all have fun with that.
This next story is for all you virgin pajama boys out there living in your parents' basement and up that sex doll in the corner, playing with yourselves, your Pokemon cards, your Playstations, masturbating to Marvel films, masturbating to DC Comics, masturbating to whatever the hell they're posting on Reddit this week, freaking out your parents, freaking out the neighbors. This next story from IndieWire is for you. Javier Bardem has read Doom Part 2 script, says sequel is going to surprise people. Bardem also called, man, I am going to mangle the hell out of the director's name. Dennis or Denise? We'll just say Dennis. Villeneuve. Dennis, Denise, director Villeneuve. I am really sorry for butchering the hell out of your name. So we'll just call you the director. Hopefully not too triggering for you. Bardem also called the director one of the greatest directors ever. And it looks like Warner Brothers, they're going to release Doom Part 2. Do that on October 20th, 2023. So just over a year away. Man, they are moving quick on this one. When they released it, well, the first one, they hadn't even greenlit the sequel. At least according to the news stories that I read, they hadn't done any work towards that sequel. And now it's like they got the go-ahead, they got the script done, and it's going to be out in just over a year. They must be spending a lot of Benjamins to get everyone back together, get that production off the ground that quickly. Because folks, in a production that big, that's, Damn quickly. But the director here, I'm not even going to attempt his name. Sorry again. But he actually envisioned Dune as a two-part film. But, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, he may do a trilogy. There's apparently a second Dune book, The Messiah of Dune. So after part two, of the originals done, the director here, he may go and try to make that. So maybe possibly, and especially for you virgin pajama boys, there may be two more of these Doom movies. I wonder though, white boy Malcolm X, I do wonder, sir. And I only ask this question, folks. On behalf of the Kevin Spacey chicken hawk set out there, those old queens who enjoy, ah, not those young Twinkie boys, just like a high school teacher checking out some fresh teacher bait. But I ask this on behalf of those girls and for the, the tween fangirls out there. I wonder if Timothy Chalamet, his 10-year-old boy body, if that will make an appearance again. As gay as I am, folks, and I am pretty damn gay. That is not something I ever want to see again. But I know, I know how some of you are out there. You Kevin Spacey chicken hawk set. You tween fangirls. I know how you are. Eyeing him up. Eyeing his 10-year-old boy body up. And if Timothy Chalamet, if he was ginger, 
I know someone else out there who'd be eyeing up that emo waif with a 10-year-old boy body, eyeing him up as well. And all of you out there, you have fun with that. This next one, White Boy Malcolm X, I hope my voice holds out for this one. From Town Hall, sit down, you charlatan. Parkland Father calls out David Hogg for his BS revisionist history. So apparently, folks, guy's name is Ryan Petty, and he lost a kid during that 2018 school shooting, the one at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, where David Hogg, where he was, David, he parlayed that into acceptance at Harvard. I think that's where that little douchebag wound up. But he threw himself up on a cross, got himself into an Ivy League school, and I guess he's trying to earn himself a a big fat pile of Benjamins, like a lot of hysterical liberals do, working in nonprofit. Just ask any cocktail-swirling professional gay working at a professional gay organization. Nonprofits, that's where the Benjamins are at. But anyway, David Hogue went on to Twitter on Sunday. Man, we got a lot of Twitter-based stories today. And this is what he said. I understand there are many disagreements about what we should do, but the important thing is that we all agree we need to do something. In the week of Parkland, we work with our Republican legislature and governor and got gun safety past Congress can do the same. And he spelled past as in passing a bill, P-A-S-T as in past tense, not the correct way, P-A-S-S-E-D. This is what an Ivy League education gets you these days. Empty platitudes and near illiterate use of English. Oh, but I bet David Hogg can tell you all about Humanity killing the planet. And I'm sure he can name off all the different gender identities out there. Just can't use the word past correctly in a sentence. Thanks, Harvard. But after David Hogg, after he went on to Twitter, so did Ryan Petty to call out David for basically being a a BS artist. I'm surprised they didn't ban him, outright flag him, throw him off the platform for daring to question David Hogg. But I'm sure they'll get around to it at some point. But before they block it, this is what Ryan said. This is absolute revisionist history and quite frankly, BS. You did nothing but make it more difficult for us to get the MSD bill passed in the Florida legislature. It's time to sit down, you charlatan. Can you imagine how hysterical that must have made David Hogg? I'm sure that kid up on his school shooting cross, I bet he rarely, if ever, 
gets called out about anything. He's David Hogg. He survived a school shooting. How dare you question him? That's like questioning Patrice Con Coolers about her 4.3 houses. Again, folks, that woman has three houses in Los Angeles just so she never has to sit in traffic. But it's worse than that. With Patrice, that's just racist. But with David Hogg, that's almost as bad as questioning whether a woman with a penis is really a woman. And that's pretty bad, folks. Not as bad, but it's got to be pretty close. I'm sure David is beside himself. How dare they question my reality? Don't they know how special I am? They should erect a statue of me, just like they do with Greta Thunberg. So on that note, since I cannot top David Hogg being a complete blithering idiot, bloviating about a fantasy world where he is the savior, even if he's an attention hog, no pun intended, folks, who's just a few fries short of a happy meal. Since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this end-of-week edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my ginger-loving, fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your week, a good start to your weekend, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. (laughs) 